Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season 11 entitled Winning the Mental Game. This title is actually the same title as our new book coming out officially April 11th, 2022, with the subtitle of The Playbook for Building Championship Mindsets. So an actual playbook that gives us the foundational mental plays that go into a solid mental game that will allow us to show up and deliver our very best when it matters most. And so today in episode three, we're going to be looking at the fact that it is your job to motivate you. And this comes directly out of mental play number two of motivation. Again, really understanding what are the, what are the elements of human motivation and how can I activate them within myself and within my environment? Because here at the Selking Performance Group, again, we're all about helping individuals, teams, and organizations really understand what is a mindset. A mindset is a patterned way of thinking, actually being able to change the form and function of our brain based on how we think to allow us to show up to moments like a champion. And then, so we talk about the power of mindset and the power of leadership. And leadership is all about creating the system, creating the environment that allows those individuals inside of it who have built these great championship mindsets to actually unleash all of their potential to be their very best. And this could be in the sports space. It could be in business. It could be in your family life, your home, your team, your community, our country, our world. It's all about building systems of high performance and then helping people inside of those systems really tap into the very essence of being a human being. And that is our brain. And that's why I love the human brain. And that's why I'm so excited about this book, because I believe that of all the division that we've experienced in our world over the last two years, and listen, there's been division since the creation of time, okay? It's just been amplified in a global pandemic um, and all these different variables. But I mean, that's what got me into sports psych and human performance to begin with, right? Is understanding that what drives human performance it's the brain. And, and listen, the brain doesn't care what your socioeconomic background is, what the color of your skin is, what your political affiliation is, what part of the world you live in, what religion you are, what gender you are. Now, all of those elements, right, play a play a component in, in shaping how we learn to think and how our brains develop over time. But at the end of the day, the brain is about being human. And man, if we can understand how it works differently or how it works, not even just differently, how it works for God's sake, right? And then learn to use it in a way that helps all of those other elements of our demographic, again, our age, our gender, our, 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 our religion, all of these factors around the world, like, right? If we can then use those to add and, and to amplify the beauty of the diversity of the, the human race, now all of a sudden we can start to create uh, systems that are healthy, are happy. And I know that sounds like very idealistic, but at the end of the day, humans were created to, to be good and to do good. And so again, my belief is that if we can build the system well, train the people inside of the system, then we can unleash new layers of performance excellence and greatness that we've perhaps never seen before. And so I am thrilled and honored to, to bring this book to the world. Finally, I've been working on it for two years, right? And excited to share this part of my life's work with the world. But listen, if you're not going to buy the book or don't like reading books or listening to books, that's fine. The purpose of this season of the podcast is to share some real life client stories and then wait ways that we've coached them to help them win their mental game 
to indeed show up as the best version of themselves. So if you're just listening to the podcast, awesome. We're glad you're here. You're going to get a ton out of it. Um, we, we're, I'm going to give you a client story. We're going to read an excerpt from the book, and then I'm going to give you some championship mindset training. So very practical ways that you can start to train your brain in ways that allow you to show up and deliver. And so I want to share a, a story of a leader that I was working with. He'd been in his business for a long time. He was an operations leader and he loved operations. I mean, that's why he got into it. He was always good with his hands, mechanically inclined, loved to know how things work, was really great at systems thinking, right? Understanding how different parts of things were connected, how a decision in one part of his business could impact it, maybe three, three elements upstream. And so he just sort of naturally understood operations. He loved it. But just like anything, when you get into what you love and you're in it for long enough, it can become a job, work, laborious. And so what he came to me to talk about was like, man, I'm, I'm losing my motivation in what I'm doing. And, you know, my bosses aren't giving me enough feedback and praise and my people, you know, don't always recognize what I do as their leader. And, and I just feel like I've been showing up day in and day out and I'm in a rut and I'm, I'm not really motivated. And I, I don't even know if I want to stay here anymore. So actually he was contemplating leaving the organization because he wasn't motivated and other people weren't contributing to that motivation for him. And so If you caught the title of the episode today, the title of the episode is, it is your job to motivate you. It is, it's not your boss's job. It's not your team member's job. It's not, you know, a stranger on the street. It's your job to motivate you. At the end of the day, you are the only one that is with you a hundred percent of the time, all day, every day. And so we have to learn to cultivate motivation inside of ourselves, particularly when it's really difficult to do so. And, and, and I agree, like, quite frankly, it's the hardest to cultivate that motivation when you've been doing something similar for an extended period of time. Because here's the thing, the brain likes novelty, right? And novelty just means like new stuff. <laughs> it, it, likes, um, it, it likes to be stimulated in new and creative ways. And so when you show up to the same place at the same time um, with the same people for years on end doing the same work, it can get in a rut and it can seem like I'm not motivated. And so one of the questions I asked him was simply, well, why'd you get into operations to begin with? And you could see him sort of sit back and, and start to think. And then, you know, he got a smile on his face and he told me a story about, you know, being in high school and how his shop teacher was the first one that really introduced him to this world of sort of mechanical work and the tech and trade skills. And he said, for the first time I walked into a classroom, which was the shop in the high school, and he was learning things and, and he got excited and he felt really, really gifted and he felt really competent and he felt deeply engaged in what he was doing with his hands and able to create and actually see a byproduct. And so he said, that was my first taste of, of manufacturing, right? Of operations. And, and so, and, and my tech teacher, like taught me about the world of manufacturing, that this could be an option for my career. And he's like, so I went to college and I I took operations management and, and I liked it enough, but then I got really excited when I moved into my first operations role. And he said, and what I loved about it is exactly how I sort of talked about this to, to start sharing this story was the systems and the complexity and the dynamics of different pieces coming together and the requirement of having to get people 
a group of people aligned toward a mission. And sometimes their individual goals seem disparate, right? Because if you've ever been in a manufacturing environment, there's a work cell here and a work cell here and a work cell here. And while we all know that they're connected to the end product, a lot of times you might not even understand what your product is is doing or going to the next, you know, um, part of the business. And so he said, so I loved being able to bring that to life for our team members to help them understand how important their role is, even if it was at the start of the process, how it contributed to the end product. And as he was telling me these things, you could see him start to come to life again. And I said, well, when was the last time you've thought about that? And, and he sort of paused and he said, man, it's, it's been at least six months to a year since I've really thought about why I love manufacturing. And, and then I asked him, I said, well, let's take it one step further because we, you've, if you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me talk about that before. Like, why do you do what you do? You have to know the answer to that. Because if you don't know why you do what you do, it's going to be very, very difficult to find depths of motivation when you're going through dry seasons. Because we all do. Like newsflash. If you think every day is going to be exhilarating and you're going to love what you do and and you're going to be captivated by your work and those around you, that's not real life. Real life is learning to, to appreciate the discipline and to appreciate the grind and to appreciate the process and to fall in love with that. And sometimes those seasons last longer than we might want them to. And so you need to know why you do what you do in, in terms of what you love about it. But the thing I asked him to think about next was let's step back and contextualize your work in the broader picture. Why is what you do important? And, and we really had to wrestle through this because he couldn't answer that right away and, until I started asking questions about, well, how many people are, are on your team and in your facility? And he said, uh, you know, about 150. And I said, awesome. And how many of them have families? And he said, well, all of them have families to some extent. I mean, whether they're married with kids or have a significant other or are a son or a daughter. And, and then we started talking about, well, what impact do you have in their lives? And so again, pulling back and, and contextualizing how, I mean, w- whatever our work is, sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter. Like if you're not a doctor and curing cancer or, you know, in the sort of direct helping fields, uh, sometimes it can feel like, my work doesn't matter in the world. Like there's not a deeper purpose to it. And I really challenge all of us to think about really, because how many people, I mean, statistically, I don't actually know the answer to this. So if you can look it up and send me a note, that'd be awesome. But like, I'm actually curious how many people are in direct helping fields where like what you do, you can see have direct life-changing implications on a person. My guess is there's a lot more roles that don't than that do. And so we have all have to be able to contextualize what we do in the broader picture. And when we understand that, man, whether you're a, a teacher in a kindergarten classroom or whether you're a an operations leader in the manufacturing world, or whether you work on Wall Street, um, you know, or whether you're a parent, or whether you're taking care of your parent, you might be in that age bracket, right? That's taking care of aging parents. Like, how do how do you contextualize that? Because all of those roles can be really laborious. And and here's the thing: even if you are in a helping profession, that still turns to work. If you don't step back and contextualize the meaning of your role in the world. And I know to, to some of you that aren't in a helping role, you're like, yeah, right. Doctors also always know why their work is important. And no, man, it, it can, it's a grind. I mean, the hours that you work and the sleep deprivation, unless you truly stay connected 
to your why and to the broader context of what you do, you can lose that sense of motivation. And so that's really what we started working on. And listen, this isn't an overnight thing. Like it's not just going to reignite the flame and you're going to be highly motivated again. You've got to cultivate the flame of motivation, the flame of purpose. And that takes intentionality and consistency. So I want to read you a a brief excerpt from the book, um, again, Winning the Mental Game, the playbook for building championship mindsets. And this comes out of chapter two, which is play, play number two, motivation. And just to, again, stoke the flame of what will this chapter hold? If, if this is helpful for you awesome. If you want to learn more and dive deeper into the different types of motivation and and how motivation really works at the individual level and the systems level, then you can check out the book and read more. But let me read you this to just inspire perhaps a little bit new perspective around motivation. So yes, there are external forces that can serve as effective motivators. Think of the coach who demands precision during practice drills or the parent who ensures that his child studies for that upcoming test. But these external motivators, as helpful as they might be in the moment, are not sustainable. The drills and exams will eventually end, and these young people will be expected to go to work consistently, contribute to their communities, and build healthy relationships. If they have only learned to deliver when prodded, by their parent, teacher, or coach, a sense of entitlement or delusion about the reality of how the world works can pervade. There will always be the next challenge, the next game, the next hurdle, the next test. This is why motivation that comes from deep within us is what will ultimately optimize your performance in a way that endures, regardless of the external factors. Motivation that is internally driven is what will keep you propelled, buoyant, and on course as you navigate the waters of life across any domain and every spectrum. So I invite you to read more in the book, but even more, I invite you to join in this championship mindset training exercise. Because again, the brain is not a muscle in the scientific sense, but it functions like a muscle in the extent that the parts of it that we use grow and get stronger. Thoughts are like these mental reps for our brain that literally can change its form and function. And so this mindset training is intended to help you get some mental reps in to, to start to train that brain to think like a champion, whether you're in sport, in business, in your family life, or in your community. And so this week, I want you to find the right rhythm in your life to step back and contextualize your life and your work in the broader picture. Why does it matter? Why is it important? Why is what you do contributing to the broader functioning of our world? Because we need more people in our world that understand that you matter and that how you show up every day matters because it's contributing to the health or the unhealth of our families, of our teams, of our businesses, of our communities, and therefore, our world. And so if we all start to take ownership over this, we can start to actually shift the energy and operation of how our world is functioning. And so what's that right rhythm for you? Do you need to do it quarterly? Do you need to do it weekly? Do you need to do it annually? And and when I say step back and like, what's the rhythm that you need that contextualization? For me, it's about quarterly. Like I need, I need to take quarterly half a day to a day off-site, away from my house, away from the office, away from the team, to really think about what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What's the vision? 
and, and, and ask yourself, do I need to be just in a different office environment? Do I need to be indoors where it's silent? Do I need to be out in a random place where I don't know people, but there's busyness happening to stimulate a sense of energy? Do I need to be out in nature? Again, is it a full day? Is it a long weekend? Is it a half day? Is it simply an hour a week where you reconnect? Every human being is a little bit different, but all human beings need that sense of vision, need that sense of connection, that ability to contextualize who you are, why you do what you do, and how your being in this world fits into that broader picture. When we do, we reconnect with our purpose, we reconnect with our passion, and we're able to continue to show up and deliver the absolute best that we have to give this world on a more consistent basis. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, where we are in season 11 entitled Winning the Mental Game. Uh, I'd love for you to join us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Champ Mindsets. That's Mindsets with an S. We're on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And you can shoot me a message directly, an email, drselking at selkingperformance.com for a couple things. If you'd like to inquire about keynote speaking for your organization, thinking about how do we bring these mindsets this, this concept of mindset to life in our organization where we need our people to really take ownership over who they are and how they show up to drive performance excellence, we can stimulate that, right, in your organization through through a speaking concept, right, some breakout sessions if you want to go deeper, um, and, or if you would like one-on-one performance coaching. We have a team of amazing performance coaches that, that we can connect you with and, again, help you take those next steps on your own performance journey, um, or if you would just like to share a story about the impact that this podcast and this training is having on your life, I would love to hear it. I recently heard from a soccer player at the University of Alabama um, down there talking about how she's applied these concepts to help her show up and actually integrate her, her athleticism and her faith into who she is and how she shows up to be a leader on their team. And so I love hearing those stories. It's motivating. It's encouraging for me. And so, so Sharon, let me know how you're applying this stuff. But it'll also be super fun if you posted that on social and and shared with the world how you're applying this stuff because this is when it comes to life right if we're just talking about hypothetical stuff about the power of the mind but not really applying it it doesn't matter to me right like i want this to be practical and applicable to you because i want us to all be transformed by renewing our minds and we do that through not only the understanding, but the application of these principles of high performance and mindset. So share them with the world, share them with me. Let's hear about it. Let's celebrate together. Um, and then you can also send me a message. If, if you're if you're hearing this and you're a business that you, that you align with my message or your service and you'd like to join me in, in financial partnership, I have an amazing team at TruthWork Media that does all of our, our social and the development of the, this podcast, but they're not free. They do a heck of a job and they're amazing. And so if you want to join us in financial sponsorship of this podcast and share your message with our audience that is made up of individuals from literally all over the world who care about high performance. Again, Dr. Selking at selkingperformance.com. I'd love it if you rated and reviewed us on iTunes. And then if you do get a copy of the book, I'd love to hear your feedback on an Amazon review or, or anywhere else that you can post a review. Again, we'd just love to hear what you're thinking and truly, truly appreciate your support. Um, I certainly wouldn't be here without all of you who have continued to just join me on this journey, right, of, of building our mindsets, of enhancing our leadership and really working together 
to change the world. So thank you so much for tuning in today. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.